This is Jody Nisnik, and you're listening to So Much More. In John 16, 12, Jesus stated, there is so much more I want to tell you. He then pointed to the spirit as the one who would come, who would further his teaching by bringing his word to life for us. So much more creates space for God to reveal his truth through his word. Today, I'm excited to have Reverend Dr. Kirtley Knight with me as we have a conversation around Mark chapter four, where the Lord led him and what he is teaching him. Kirtley is an assistant professor of spiritual formation at Portland Seminary and a senior teaching fellow at the Renovari Institute for Christian Spiritual Formation in Denver. He's also an ordained priest in the Anglican Church of North America, and he serves as an assisting priest at Church of the Vine in Newburgh, Oregon. Well, welcome, Kirtley. I am truly delighted to have this time with you, and I'm glad you're on the podcast. Hey, my friend. How are you doing? <laughs> so good. You have made the day brighter, and I'm really <laughs> glad to have you. So tell me just quickly a little bit more about you, and let tell our listeners a little bit more about you. Hey, folks. Um, as my good friend Jody here said, my name is Kirtley Knight. And a little bit about me, um, I am, I call myself a Canadabamian. And so <laughs> that means that uh, I'm from Canada originally. I was born in Toronto, Canada, but I grew up in Huntsville, Alabama. Uh, between school and ministry, life has taken me all across the United States, uh, lived in California, Pennsylvania, Texas, where uh, that's where I know Jody from. And now I'm in Oregon. Uh, I'm married and have been married to wonderful wife. Her name is Iva for the last 12 years. And uh, we enjoy, um, you know, going to new places, traveling. Uh, we like walking. That's something we've done in the pandemic, Jody, is taking together. And we really enjoy doing that. Um, and, you know, we love sci fi and movies, all that. And we love live music, especially all things jazz and funk. So that's a little bit about, about us and about me and, um, uh, you know, what I enjoy, uh, what I enjoy doing with my wife. I love it. I love it. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. And walking in the pandemic has been something you can do in abundance, listening to live music, not so much. So hopefully that is coming back. <laughs> Not so much. Oh, not so much. I'm telling you, my, my soul misses it. I bet. I bet. Well, hey, before we dive in, I want to give us a quick reminder of the passage we're in. And as a quick setup to it, um, Jesus has just spent the day teaching and healing. He's with his disciples and it's toward the end of the day. And that's where he invites them to get into a boat with him and head to the other side of the Sea of Galilee. So let me read the passage for us now. It's Mark chapter four, verses 35 through 41. That day when evening came, he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. Leaving the crowd behind, they took him along just as he was in the boat. There were also other boats with him. A furious squall came up 
and the waves broke over the boat so that it was nearly swamped. Jesus was in the stern, sleeping on a cushion. The disciples woke him and said to him, Teacher, don't you care if we drown? He got up, rebuked the wind, and said to the waves, Quiet, be still. Then the wind died down, and it was completely calm. He said to his disciples, Why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? They were terrified and asked each other, Who is this? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Okay, there's so many good things in that passage. (laughs) I love it. So we did this as a Lectio, just asking the Lord to draw us in and lead us to a word or phrase. So currently when you did that, where did the Lord take you? Yeah, um, when I did this uh, and sat with this passage, um, the Lord brought my attention. It's it's interesting. I wanted, <laughs> I wanted, <laughs> I wanted to be drawn to something else. Um, you know, um, I love that you just confessed that to us because I think that <laughs> happens a lot. In fact, that happened to me this morning as I was doing Lecti on another passage. I was like, I want to go to this word, and the Lord was like, Nope, yeah, right, not right, where right, we're right. going. So cute. I love that. Thank you. And so, and so I, I kind of wanted to go to. I don't know. I think maybe something about the wind and the seas or something. But when I sat with this, what, what bubbled to the surface for me was um, the part where he asked them, he, he kind of reprimands them. And if that's a strong word, but, but like in Eugene, so when I sat with it, I did, I sat with it under uh, Eugene Peterson's, the message. Mm. And around that part, it says, Jesus reprimanded the disciples. It's a strong language. He says, you are such cowards. Don't you have any faith at all? Oh, that's good. And so for me, that's, this is the, the version I sat with. And that's what rose, that question. Don't you have any faith at all? <laughs> and... And it's that that at all part, right? Like, like it it's it's it sounds a bit, especially in this version, it sounds a bit um, harsh. I mean, Peterson even says the word reprimand, mm-hmm. kind of reprimand. Mm-hmm. That sounds a bit harsh, but to me, hearing it, I didn't take it as harsh. As I sat with it, it felt like it felt like an invitation to tap in if that makes sense. Yeah. So that's kind of um, to tap into, to tap into faith, mm-hmm. to tap into what is already within me. Right. And so um, to your initial question, that's kind of what I was originally drawn to. And we can maybe, and we can unpack that. Yeah. That's- yeah. I love the way Eugene Peterson brings to life, especially familiar passages, gives us new words to reflect on. Um, And this can be one of those really familiar passages that we've read a bunch and a bunch. So I do love that you did that. So um, the verse that you went to is in, in the NIV says, he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still have no faith? And Eugene Peterson says, 
he reprimands him. And do you have no faith at all? It's almost like, come on, you people. So I love though, that it didn't feel reprimanding to you as you went into this with the Lord. So let's, let's do unpack that a little bit as you kind of reflected on that again, asked him, okay, how does this apply to my life right now? Where did he take you in that next kind of step? Yeah. Um, it's interesting as you read the passage this morning. Um, so I'm gonna go to somewhere else in the passage, but to, an- to answer yeah. this, which get us back to the faith part, is that um, so in this passage, the 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 waves and the wind, you know, the water, what have you, all this turmoil is kind of overflowing the boat to where they feel like they're drowned. They're overwhelmed. Mm-hmm. Is the word. Yeah. And between my life at the church and at the school um, uh, and my own personal life and, you know, family life and just all the COVID and, you know, um, dealing with questions around and things around uh, systematic injustice, all of these things Mm. that are part of the modern life and then just my own, you know, personal things in my own life. At times, it it can feel uh, overwhelming. And so um, to me, the sense of, or the question, do you have any faith at all, is an invitation not necessary, not to look at the winds and the waves and the to, to, to see the sense of, okay, I might feel overwhelmed at this time or in this season or at this moment. But it was an appeal or invitation to say, yeah, but um, I don't have to do this in my own strength. Mm. And Jody, I don't know about you, but oftentimes I will confess, sometimes I'm doing things, um, you know, in my own strength and entering into things in my own abilities, in my own gifting. And so it was like a reminder. It was just a gentle reminder and invitation. Don't you have any faith at all? And the answer to that is yes, I do. So then it's, well, then like activate your faith, mm-hmm. um, lean into your faith, Yeah, let go. And so that's kind of, for me, in, in this season of life with so many things going on, this invitation to, to, to trust uh, and to, to, to activate, to lean into the faith that God has already placed inside of me, to trust. Yeah. And I think as you're, as you're unpacking all of that, I I'm going back to verse 39 and there where, you know, or actually 38 and 39, Jesus is sound asleep. And, but then he gets up and he rebukes the wind and he says to the waves, stop it, basically quiet, be still. And immediately everything's calm. And I think that's, it feels like that's what you're saying in so many ways is it feels like all of these tumultuous things around us are threatening to it, or it looks like they could pull us under. See, that's what the boat looked like. It was about ready to get swamped and and pulled under. And Mm -hmm. they look like they're very threatening. And Jesus is saying, don't you still believe I've got this right? Don't you have any faith at all? That's what, that's kind of what I'm hearing you unpack in that. And it's, all centered back on like what you just said, activate your faith, go back to Jesus. Right. And, 
And, and, and on that point, let me make a clear distinction because sometimes we can talk about faith um, uh, as in, and it's almost a kind of, uh, you know, a friend of mine, a colleague just said the other day, um, you know, Disney faith, you know, where it's almost this faith of just kind of, oh, just, just believe, I don't know, like believe in yourself or, you know, just believe it's all going to work out. And, you know, some of that has its place, but that's not what we're talking about here, because in this passage, remember, and you just alluded to it, Jesus is actually in the boat. (laughs) (laughs) He's actually in it. And so the faith is not about, uh, you know, wishing myself out of a situation or just kind of believing in myself or just believing it's going to work out. The faith is believing that the person of Jesus who, who is with me, who is with you, who is, who is in the situation, even though it's sometimes it's so hard to see, the faith is that he's in it. Yeah. And so therefore we can trust him, right? Yes. And so it's, it's, it's not about me and my strength or my, what at my abilities it's about the fact that Jesus is in it. And if he's in it, he's got this. That's right. Oh I love that. I keep thinking, um, in this world, you will have trouble, but take yes. heart. I have overcome the world. Like you're, it's, you're going to be on boats and you know what? You're going to take some hits and you're going to get wet and it's not going to be fun. <laughs> there are going to be storms that rise up. And I'll be in it with you. And I I love that image of Disney faith, because I think we can go there and we can kind of skip along (laughs) with acting like we've got little birds singing on our shoulders when (laughs) there's actually a storm that we actually, we do need to realize we can't just Pollyanna our way out of it, right? Like if you ignore it, it doesn't mean it goes away. But you've got to go through the valley, through the storm. Jesus will be with you in it. Um, and yes, in this instance, he calmed the storm immediately. What a gift sure. for the disciples. Uh, but that's not how it always works. Sometimes, you know, you got to go all the way to the other side or right. or the boat does tip over and you get swallowed by a large fish if you're Jonah. <laughs> or, you know, I mean, there's all kinds of other examples in scripture. So yeah, thank you for or, saying that. So or, good. Or not even, or in like in Jesus's case, in Jesus himself, right? He, <laughs> my God, my God, why have thou That's forsaken right. me? And he goes all the way to the cross and dies. Right. <laughs> but, but the power, but the resurrection. And That's so, right. and so, and so even all the way into death, it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that God is absent. Now we could go a whole nother podcast on that. That's right. Because this is the victory of God in death. So um, anyway, I, I'll digress there. But but yeah, it, it it God is he's he's in the boat. Yeah, so good. I'm so glad you said that. He is. He never he leaves us, up. never forsakes us. Um, he's always there with us. Always there. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about anything else that um, the Lord brought you to in this passage or anything else that surprised you perhaps, even as you were doing this process? Well, the only thing I'll add is it brings me back to 
So the word, don't you have any faith at all? <laughs> I, I just love that at all. But it, it brings me, it's like, come on, man. Um, but it, it, it actually too brought me back to a separate word that I've been hearing lately in prayer, which is um, every time I read a Psalm, I keep coming across, you know, refuge. Mm-hmm. I keep coming across like refuge is in my spirit right now, refuge. Um, and so, but to me, there's a, a connection between that. Don't you have any faith at all is to suggest, I think, at least to, to me in my own life and my, where I am, is to suggest go back, hide in the refuge. Yeah. Hide in the refuge because the refuge is your strength and the refuge is is God. Yeah. Yeah. Right? So um, that's the other thing. It reconfirmed for me other words that I've been hearing lately in this season, have other invitations that have resonated. I love that because that's also just another example of how the living and active word just kind of keeps molding and shaping when we are open to the spirit's work. He uses his word to remind us of things he wants us to know, things he wants to teach us. And yes, refuge has been actually a big word for me too in this season. And we just finished a whole podcast series on the Psalms and I just kept seeing that word over and over again. He is your refuge and your strength. You know, he's the safe place. He's a, he's the strong tower. He's, he's the one that protects us and fights for us. And, um, and that we can go, we can go hide there when we need to. Yes. Um, yes. So yes. yeah, thanks for yes. saying that. Well, currently I would love to ask you a question about your role at the seminary. So you teach spiritual formation. So tell me a little bit more about what that is and, you know, kind of give it to us in some layman's terms. What, what exactly is spiritual formation? How do you teach that to somebody? Yeah. I mean, spiritual formation, um, I mean, a kind of classic definition, which I, I think is on the ground a bit is um, basically like transformation um, or maybe I'll say it like this, the process of, of transformation into the image of Christ for the sake of others. That's a kind of a common uh, kind of classical definition, right? So this basically this idea of like being on this walk with Jesus, how are we becoming more like God's son? Like, what is that? What is that? How do we enter into that process? Um, we're already on process uh, really, right? If, if you, are a believer, you're already on process of that. And, um, but how might we participate with that process? How might we be open and receptive and grow an awareness of that process? So what we basically kind of um, teach and and kind of create just a, a context where we're hopefully through both instruction uh, uh, you know, readings, uh, class interaction, lectures, retreats, etc. Hopefully, uh, people grow an awareness and how to re- how to listen and how to respond to the invitation of the Holy Spirit, so that they might participate in the work that God wants to do in their lives. So, what that practically looks like is. Um, you know, we would, we might teach a course, like right now I'm teaching a course on, um, uh, last semester, I'll say I taught a course called knowing self, knowing God, for example, where in that course, 
um, we are kind of going in and unpacking maybe some of our hurts and seeing where the Lord was might might have been at work. Mm-hmm. Um, we're also in that course talking about our sense of, of vocation and call, like what might the Lord, how might the Lord be redeeming this pain, uh, in, in this situation in my life so that it might be a blessing to others, right? Um, or, you know, I'm teaching another course right now on spiritual leadership. And in that course, we were just focusing with leaders on how to cultivate a life that is sustainable for ministry. Mm. So for example, where Jesus, we see Jesus, he is, is actively engaged in ministry and then he withdraws. This is Jesus's pattern. He mm-hmm. engages, withdraws. He engages, he withdraws. So what, what might like, what might that look like in the 20, uh, 21st century uh, for you and your context? Uh, and if you can't get away, like what other boundaries and rhythms are you leaning into in your life? so that your ministry can be a sustainable and fruitful ministry. So it's things like that that we that we teach so that our leaders uh, for the church and for the world uh, can, can be formed into the image of Christ as best as we can. Oh, I love that. I love that. So what is, I mean, and you probably aren't going to, you're probably going to be mad at me when I ask you this question, honestly, because I'm going to ask you for a book recommendation. You probably have like <laughs> hundreds of them. <laughs> But what would be a good book to point people to? Because unfortunately, I would guess most people aren't going to get to actually go to Portland Seminary and study under you. So what would be a great book to help people in this journey of wanting to be more formed in the image of Christ so that we can be following him and for the sake of the world? Yeah, yeah. So two books come to mind immediately. One is David Benner's The Gift of Knowing Yourself. I came across that book when I was in my doctoral studies, which was actually at Portland Seminary. And um, that book changed my life. So I would say The Gift of Knowing Yourself uh, by David Benner. Um, Phenomenal book. It's required reading for that first course I mentioned. Another book I would maybe... um, I mean, yeah, there are many. Uh, <laughs> so I'm a big Henry Nouwen fan. Uh, Henry Nouwen uh, was a uh, a Catholic priest. Uh, you're, I know you're familiar with with Nouwen. I would suggest from Nouwen, um, ooh, a few books. Reaching out. Matter of fact, I think I have it here. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Reaching out by Henry Nouwen. This would be a good one. And then also, lastly, there is a book, there's a compilation book that some others put together from Henry Nouwen, from from his unpublished writings, and it's called Spiritual Formation. That might be a great, um, uh, that might be a great companion book as well. That's a good one. Mm, Those are great recommendations. Thank you. I have, um, and David Benner's book is not very long. Um, no, which short. is nice. I mean, I don't know. I don't know about the two other now in books, but I do have David oh, Benner's book and it's, I mean, it's, it's accessible. You can definitely get through it. So I rec I recommend it with you. I think it it's, it is an excellent book. Yeah, yeah, um, definitely. okay. So I have another question for you. I know that you have been on this journey of spiritual formation and figuring out how to be in an active, engaged relationship with the Lord. Um, so I would love to know a little bit about some of the practices you've discovered along the way. What, 
has been meaningful to you, even perhaps even what your spiritual rhythms look like right now in this season? Yeah, great question. Uh, And I'll just say, you know, to be honest, you know, Jody, just like you, I'm just a, um, you know, I'm I'm a traveler on the road. That's right. Um, I've got tons of issues. I've got tons of things to work out. You know, I have in no way arrived. But that is the, um, but I think that's actually kind of, you know, it's it's this, I'm careful about the word journey because journeys can sometimes suggest um, that we're just kind of wandering forever and we never arrive anywhere. Um, but I, I'd rather, I'll say the word walk. That might be a better word. My walk with God has um, taken me many places and it's taken many twists and turns many even frustrations at times. Um, and so like right now, in terms of practices, uh, there's a few things. I'm a big, obviously I'm an Anglican priest. So like liturgy is big. I love all things liturgical. So the Book of Common Prayer and uh, trying to practice or practicing, I should say, um, you know, the daily office. Um, so that's a set of morning rhythms Um and so that is something that's formative. So now, for example, as soon as I get up the first thing in the morning, because it's actually part of the, because um, it's part of the daily prayer, the first thing I say now in the morning, my brain is now trained when I, when I open my eyes, uh, open my lips, O Lord, and my mouth shall declare your praise. Like that's mm. the, it's kind of gotten in me now. So as soon as I wake, the prayer comes off my lips. Um, so that's a, a, a practice, daily office, of course. Uh, liturgy on Sundays has is a continuing sustaining practice of receiving communion, receiving Eucharist. Um, something smaller that has been uh, impactful for me as of late is carrying around or yeah, carrying around like little uh, little little tokens, if you will, um, something tangible. So here I have a little cross, and keeping this on my person. And when I put my hands in my pocket, I touch it and it, and I immediately, uh, I might say a prayer or it might remind me of a passage I read that morning or what have you. And then lastly, I'd say, I think one of the most formative things for me over the years um, has been spending time in uh, silence and contemplative prayer. And so by that, I mean, just, um, you know, Lectio is actually a type of contemplative prayer, right? But by that, I mean, um, uh, just just being still, just being still. And so that might look like, um, that might look like uh, grabbing this cross and sitting in my chair here for 20 minutes and just practicing my breathing, you know, just being still. Or it might look like, um, you know, if I'm reading and doing, praying the daily office, uh, after I read the, the scripture, I might not do a full Lectio, but I might just sit mm-hmm. for 15 minutes, you know, with the, with, with the passage. I like to kind of think of it like the passage is kind of hovering, um, you know, over my, I'm just kind of, yeah. I'm just there. I love it. <laughs> yeah. So those are a few things I do. I think that's so helpful because I love what you're saying is there are these you're being mindful about having daily and moment by moment touch points to pull you back into you relationship you with the Lord. There you go. There and you go. 
I love that because I think that's something we can all do. Um, you can put a little special, whether it's a cross or a coin or a, a bookmark or whatever that you touch or that you see every time you open your wallet or, uh, you know, and it just, it just pulls you back, pulls you back. Right. And I think that that's just a really great practice that everyone can do. I would love for you real quick to explain what the office is, because I think that's a new term for some people. So just walk through just real briefly. What does that look like? Yeah. So, I mean, um, the daily office is basically a, co- a collection of, um, of, of prayers really. Um, and if we even go back to the, to the old, te- to the Hebrew scriptures, you know, like this, this idea of praying at set times during the day with community is as old as time. And so the daily office is, it might uh, usually will start with a saying a prayer like that. And it's all scripture. That's the great thing about it. It's all scripture. So open my lips to my mouth shall declare your praise. That's a song. So it moves from um, some sort of opening sentence like that uh, to a reading of the Psalm, uh, a Psalm I can choose, or maybe there's something that's chosen from what is called a lectionary, which is a collection of of set texts to read for the year. Uh, And then from there, from a psalm, it might move to um, a gospel reading uh, or, and, or, you know, another maybe uh, uh, Old Testament reading uh, or an epistle reading. And then from there to the Lord's prayer and from the Lord's prayer to um, what is called collect prayer. So that's a, a set prayer for the day. And then from there to my own personal prayers. So I might spend some time in silence, um, praying for whatever comes up, you know, me, my wife, school, this, that, the other. Uh, and then finally, it'll close with um, some sort of a blessing that's kind of read. And so um, the great thing about this practice is that in, uh, you know, kind of liturgical and sacramental traditions like my own, um, you know, Lutheran, Anglican, Catholic, etc., Roman, uh, etc. Everybody is doing this. Yeah. So for me, um, you know, as Anglican, we tell, we, we will say that prayer is never, uh, prayer is never, um, uh, what's the saying there? Prayer is never, um, uh, like you're never alone in prayer. Right. And so um, um, prayer is never private in a sense. It really isn't because I am I'm I'm with the people. And so even though I'm, I'm here by myself, I'm praying these prayers with hundreds, if not thousands of people across the world. And so it unites me uh, to them in my prayer. So that's a, a, a practice. I love it. Thank you for explaining that. That was that was beautiful and um, and and very helpful. It is such a communal thing to read the scriptures and know that so many people around the world are reading those same scriptures, praying that same prayer, entering in beseeching God in the same way. What a like, it's like, Oh, we're not alone. We do want the Lord to come and, and he is, and he is present with us. So thank you for, well, currently I am sad to say that our time is up today. Um, it has truly been a delight to have you on the podcast. Thank you so much for making some space for us. Oh, Jody, it was a pleasure to be with you and with your listeners. Um, may the peace of the Lord be with all of you. 
And as we continue in this, this difficult, these difficult times, um, we know that our God is in the boat uh, calling us, right, to, right. to lean into the faith. That, mm. <laughs> well, thank you, Curtly. What a beautiful blessing for all of us. Well, I want to also just thank you all for joining Curtly and I today on So Much More because we do believe Jesus has so much more to say to us and he is in the boat with us (laughs) and we are creating space to listen and be with him. Dedicating time each day to spend feeding our minds and our hearts the truth of God's word is immensely helpful in our growth as followers of Christ. I'm John Stonge and each day I host a show called Daily Devotions with Pastor John. On the show, I spend just a few minutes taking an applicational look at one or two verses of Scripture before coming to the Lord in prayer. If you'd like to make a habit of spending more time meditating on the truth of God's Word, you can listen to Daily Devotions with Pastor John at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcasting app.